Magic is power. of leaving a legacy my name is patrick wait no it's not these cards have not been updated pat is unfortunately uh not able to join us right now he is driving back from new york uh hopefully he'll be able to jump on when he gets home um but if not it's all right we have an awesome guest with us tonight uh by the way if you haven't figured it out yet this is jerry me uh before I introduce our guest, though, uh, as always, I just want to thank Hipsters of the Coast for bringing leg- leaving a legacy to your ears every Friday, uh, and also the Top Tech app. Uh, if you'd like to support the show directly, you can visit patreon.com slash leaving legacy. You can support the show for as little as a dollar an episode. Blah, blah, blah. You you get it. Let's get to the, to the juicy bits. Uh, Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, awesome to get you on. Uh, I hear you're you're running the podcast circuit right now. You're a man in demand. <laughs> you know, I blame uh, who started it. I blame I don't know. I I, I had friend I had friends message me who have podcasts. <laughs> Sam caught Sam Tang from Kitchen Table Magic caught me during the Swiss during like one one of the <laughs> one of the craziest games of my life, and then um and then he caught and then he caught me at the end also. So um. And then he referred me to y'all. So, um, yeah, yeah it's, it, it's been fun. Awesome. Uh, for our listeners who haven't figured it out yet, uh, you, you, you recently took down a, uh, pretty good sized tournament it, it, recently. It was a medium sized one. There was like <laughs> 1600 people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that it's, it's no, uh, it's no 5,000 person, uh, you know, GP New Jersey, but I think it's pretty good still all the same. Yeah, I, I, I was curious. My wife asked, like, man, that was a really big tournament. Then I looked up, wait, is this, like, the biggest legacy, like, this has to be up there for <laughs> legacy tournaments. And then I looked, I'm like, yeah. oh, no, forgot about Grand Prix New yeah. Jersey. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's really good. I mean, I, I definitely think it's the largest legacy GP on the West Coast we've had, though. Oh, certainly, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess for West Coast Grand Prix, it's... It's usually Seattle. Uh, I guess Vegas had one a few years ago. Uh, yeah, I guess if we can count Vegas, Vegas is, was probably bigger just by its uh, its nature. But still, taking down GP Seattle, uh, quite a feat there. Um, before we kind of dive into that, though, why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, just you know how you got into magic, and you know who who you are. Sure. Um, so I'm Daniel Duterte. I I grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina. I started playing magic in 2001 in odyssey block because before that i played pokemon tcg and then everyone who played (laughs) it decided it wasn't cool anymore so i didn't have any friends who played that so i got i got into got into magic because that's what uh quote unquote cool adults do uh yeah Um, (laughs) <laughs> I love I love it. It's like uh, Pokemon's not cool anymore. Let's let's play Magic cards. That's where all the like, cool like kids I hang saw out. <laughs> John Finkel win the world championship like on the internet. I'm like, this guy is cool, and he's a grown up. Grown ups get to do this. All right. <laughs> um, Great reasoning. So yeah, I play. I played. Started playing in 2001. Um, moved to Pittsburgh for college. 
played in my first PTQ there in 2007. Uh, played, um, excuse me, I moved to Seattle after graduating in 2008, and with you know, with, with a job and with with friends with, um, with uh, with vehicles, I went to every PTQ that I could after that. So, are you really more of a like? What's your my what's your format, format of choice? choice? Is whatever the PTQ format is. I, I am <laughs> not. I'm. You're a spike. Yeah, through and I, through. I am not a legacy expert. I, you know, I I picked this up. I picked up legacy before I picked up legacy, like just for like. Star City Invitationals, and then for any Grand Prix Seattle uh, legacy ones, like like in 2015, C- uh, the Grand Prix circuit was in Seattle for legacy. So I practiced for that. I've, I've played in three Invitationals. Um, and for, for this go-around, I got roped into being the legacy person for Grand Prix Santa Clara. So I started playing Grixis Delver online in September. And then, sorry to pause real quick. I feel you are the perfect case study uh, because I feel you're the stereotypical spike grinder that everyone refers to. So you you play, you know, whatever the PTQ format is. Presumably you play whatever whatever the best deck is. If I would have to make a make a leap. Um, you got me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so uh, would you say that's what really drew drew you to Grixis Delver? It's just everyone told you this is what you play. You know what? You know, I'll qualify that even further. Like, yes, I I, I gravitate towards the best deck, but I really try to find what's going to be the best deck throughout the whole format. Even if, you know, the metagame shifts, like, is the deck I pick at the beginning is still going to be good because I value, even in standard um where deck new decks come all the time and the meta shift i value practice and experience with the deck a lot um so like so like in standard last season i played uh sultai snake and then this season sultai snake was still good so i i just kept playing that um and the same kind of applied when i picked up grixis delver where i looked at the format and thought okay what's what's the this Grixis Delver deck looks tier one. I've played Rug Delver before. Um, I don't think this deck's going to be bad in you know three months or six months. So I'm going to play this, and I'm going to jam. And this is what I'm going to jam and practice um, up until Santa Clara and up until Seattle. Gotcha. We did it, people. We found patient zero. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, it's just, we hear about, you know, these spikes, these grinders who are just picking up the best deck, like, and this is throughout, throughout Legacy's history forever. Um, but it's, you know, rare that we actually get to meet them in, in the uh, flesh. <laughs> <laughs> They're always this like theoretical person that people refer to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so you picked up Grixis Delver, uh, for Santa Clara originally, uh, then, then what led you from there? Um, I mean, I wasn't going to abandoned decks i don't have that many legacy cards i was borrowing the i was already borrowing the underground seas um yeah they're they're just what i my grand prix santa clara didn't go great i think i went five and three individually but then like in side events i played three like three round side events and i went three and six it was it was kind of bad but you Mm. know i i think my experience in legacy every every time i've lost like ninety percent of the time, I think it's my fault, 
and there's something I could have done better. I could have sideboarded differently. I could have, you know, maybe I had some bad brainstorms. Maybe I had a bad keep. Maybe I just sequenced something. I could have sequenced something differently. So it, it wasn't bad enough, and I wasn't frustrated enough just to switch decks. And generally in Legacy, mm-hmm. I don't I don't have the resources or the collection to just switch decks. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that is that is a big barrier for a lot of people. You know, that's why choosing a deck is so important for so many people, because once you commit, pivoting to something else can sometimes be impossible. Right. Uh, but that's awesome. I mean, uh, so you were borrowing your underground seas, you know. So who's who's the friend that just handed over, uh, you know, $1,500 worth of cardboard? It, it, it kind of went through two hands. So my teammate, Robin Alberg, was the one who who wrote me into the team Grand Prix. Like, usually I don't... Nowadays, I don't really like traveling for Grand Prix anymore. It's just, you know, uh, I'm married. It's, you know, three, four days away away from my wife when instead I could just be playing, you know, a tournament locally if if I really need my magic fix. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. I borrowed them from Robin Alberg, who borrowed them through another good friend of mine, Brian Kovacs. So they, <laughs> he doesn't play magic anymore. Um, I don't even know if he knows I have his underground seas, <laughs> but <laughs> Jeez. I mean, this is kind of just the legacy community though, is like, people are just so willing to lend out, uh, you know, these expensive pieces of paper, uh, maybe not always, I mean, you know, I... <laughs> not the best without people's knowledge. <laughs> Robin but... <laughs> and Brian are my, are, they're my first friends out here when I moved to Seattle. They're two of my longest magic friends. If it were... If there were anyone else willing to loan underground seas, I would be a little uncomfortable. I'd be like, I, let me see if I can find someone I'm closer to. Yeah, I hear that. No, it's true. I mean, um, Adrian, uh, you know, uh, rest in peace. Our, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> he's not there. That's a joke, people. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Uh, Adrian, our old uh, co-host, uh, he actually had a policy where he would refuse to borrow cards, like even from me. And I was just like, dude, take my cards and play with him. He was like, nope, nope, I don't want that responsibility. I don't want your cards. I will not borrow cards. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is a lot of pressure on both sides because you do feel responsible. Like if I borrowed someone's tabernacle and I like spilled no, no, water I, on it, I, I, I can handle I'd that responsibility. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm the yeah. kind of person where like I just can't have nice things. Like my my wife is like, hey, well, we should we should furnish our apartment. We should we should get some you know some nice lamps or you know a nice coffee table. And I'm like, why would we do that? I'm gonna spill a beer on it and I'm gonna ruin it. Let's just stick with the IKEA shit. <laughs> Your couch still has the uh, factory oh, I'm not plastic that wrap bad. around like, it. <laughs> Like I'm cheap, I'm not tacky. <laughs> okay, good, good distinction to make. <laughs> yeah, gotta get that spell protection. Uh, awesome. Well, getting back to to the magic. What? Um. So you you kind of mentioned you have these moments where you kind of pick out things that you did wrong. Um. I'm sure. Is that did that lead to any? Let's get the feel bads out of the way. Did Did you have any like oh my god moments uh, from the Swiss? No, the the funny thing was so I so I went um I had one buy but I went eight and zero on day one and the really remarkable thing was I didn't really have any stressful games there wasn't really like you know I I didn't really have any of the games like you would in the mirror or say Grixis versus Miracles where you really have to try to sequence everything 
right and you know match up your threats to the removal you think they have. My games were mostly straightforward on day one. I played well. The mo- the most stressful one was probably I played Sultai Delver round two. I played Sneak and Show against a good opponent, uh, Vidi Wajaya, also a Grand Prix Legacy champion. Um, mm-hmm. Started off uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I-, I beat him in two. He was on Sneak and Show, um, and then I played. Eldrazi Stompy beat it in two. I played Arilax on Turbo Depths. Um, it's kind of a rough matchup, but the games were still straightforward enough that it wasn't like, um, I don't know. That's another difficult, just playing against Arilax. Oh, man. Kind of, like, first first three rounds, you you play two pros. <laughs> right. Um, a, a, fun, a funny play against him, like, you know, there's always there's always the, the kind of fear when you play against someone really, really good that you think, he's just always going to have it. He, and... In yeah. game three, he kept a dark depths, but no mana hand, and I play a, um, I think I'm on the draw, and I and I play, I have a wasteland, and I'm thinking, okay, if I play waste, do I do this now? And I think about it for like about 15, 30 seconds, and I come to the conclusion, yes, I, I do this now. I don't I don't want him to play a, a, um, a forest or bayou and then have crop rotation up. So I'm like, okay, waste you right now, and then... The motherfucker plays uh, exiles a elvish spirit guide and crop rotations, and <laughs> crop he's rotations. cackling. My, I'm like, my my, my hand is to my it. face. I'm That's like, why they're you, pros. Like, seriously, man. Like we're we're friendly. Like like we've met before, but it was it was still like ah. This is oh, how it's gonna go. Hilarious. But I, I still beat him after that. His draw was still um his, his draw didn't pan out after that. So I beat the. I beat that. I won my win and in in round six. I beat elves. I actually got blown out game one, but then game two and three went pretty good. And then I played Sneak and Show again, one and two. And then I played Turbo Depths again and one and two. So, you know, yeah, I, I played some bad matchups, but they didn't, like, get super grindy. I didn't have to, like, really, you know navigate or steal you know steal wins out of tough spots so i got lucky in that um then on day two i played i ended up playing more pros i played brian brian bronduin the first round of day day two yeah bbd uh he he was on check pile and, and i had him scouted a little bit i knew he was on actually the 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 tip that i got was that um Someone what? Someone played? Or no, someone was watching Brian Bronduin, and the only comment that I got from him was, "Huh, I didn't know that deck could play Blood Moon." And I start racking my brain about decks that have red mana but wouldn't normally play Blood Moon, and I'm racking my brain I'm like, uh, "Not Sneak and Show. That usually plays it." Uh, all right, it's Checkpile. It's Checkpile with Blood Moon in the side. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And my scout was correct, um, but, yeah. but I beat him. Uh, I, I I got pretty lucky against him. Like he was stabilizing, but then I drew um, I drew some lightning bolts to get him. So you know that top decking relieves some stress. <laughs> <laughs> I love that's the best feeling when you're like just draw bolt, just draw yeah. bolt, just draw bolt, just draw bolt, and it's and then from there the game started getting <laughs> as you would expect. So, Got got even harder and more 
stressful as the as the stakes went up. I played um, in round, mm-hmm. I guess ten. I played against a Japanese, um, I guess legacy grinder on check pile, and I was able to strand red cards in his hand because I wasted all his um, I wasted all his uh, red sources. So that was cool. Uh, I played I played Noah Walker after nice. that. Um, I yes yes I was his only well in the Swiss I was his only loss. Um, so I, so I beat Noah Walker. Uh, then round round eleven, um, I I was I was the last undefeated after that, and I was playing. I played against someone. I was playing the mirror. I was paired down, and this is. This is the quote unquote uh, brainstorm of my fucking life that, that, <laughs> right. that I hit. We're, we're, we're in game three. Um, I think I've got this one, but it's still dicey, you know, as Delver Mirrors go. Um, he has a 5 5 and like two cards in hand. Uh, and then some mana, he's at like 10 or 12 or something. And I'm at like, I'm also at 12. Um, and I have a death right two young pyromancers and like two tokens and my hand is a brainstorm and um a marsh casualties doesn't do anything um he draw he draws a second black and plays marsh cat his own marsh casualties and i'm like oh fuck all right all right this is the tournament <laughs> um not no it's not the tournament this is this is the match yep. um so i so i brainstorm and i'm, I'm looking for a force and a blue card and the first card I peel is a uh, Gitaction Pro. So yes, step one. All right, step two. Uh, we do, the next card's a Force of Will, and I draw it. There, there's a crowd around me, uh, <laughs> so people are like, you know, people are murmuring. There, there's some gas, and I'm like just shaking my head, like, man, I can't believe I got there. I don't think this was supposed to happen. Uh, I, I carefully. This was. Oh yeah, make sure you don't. <laughs> the most careful I've ever been with a brainstorm. I don't want something tragic don't take to happen. That like second card, <laughs> for, 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 force force of will exiling marsh casualties. Wait a minute. All right, <laughs> or like Gitaction probe exiling Gitaction probe. Oh no. Um, yeah. No, no. I did. I I, I did it correctly. Um, it was. Um, so yeah. So I, I force and. From this exchange, I'm up four tokens. Also, so right. So, and he he doesn't have an an- he doesn't have an answer. Um, he only has one card in hand. So two attacks and he's dead. And uh, my my aforementioned teammate Robin Alberg, she she said she had to walk away. She was like crying, like it was so dramatic. <laughs> and my and my, my my poor opponent, he was he was obviously crestfallen because he thought like he thought know, he had it. He, he thought he had it. You know that that happens a lot in Legacy where. You, you fight and you think you have it, but it can it can just go away like that. The the edges are, you know, the, the games can be so swingy. Like the the edges yeah. are there, but it can still be swingy. And he's like Razor he's shaking margins. his head. I'm trying to crawl into my hoodie. I'm like so embarrassed. I sacked out. That oh bad. yeah, don't don't you love it when you like when you just like win a match so bad you just feel bad I, for your opponent. I, like, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I love it. I mean, I was because I, yeah, I, I don't want to be the other guy. I know what it's like to be the other guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and he, he says, like, he says, that was the last Force of Will. That was the only Force of Will in your deck, right? Because you shave on those? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. That was my one Force of Will. It's like, oh, shit. Uh, but but, yeah, but wow. you had a blue card already, right? Because you brainstormed and had one card left. You, you had a blue card already. 
I was like, no, it was a Marsh Casualties. And he's just like, don't tell me these things. Just lie. It would be better to hear it now than on a podcast, though. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, yeah, Sam Tang caught me afterwards. I'm, like, shaking. And he's like, tell me what happened. And I was like, uh, I said, said exactly. I hit the brainstorm of my fucking life. And like, and like after that, like, you know, I'm not, I'm, I guess that put me to 12 and 0. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was 11 and 0. That put me to 12 and 0. So I, I need one in the next three to, to get my pro tour invite. And, but now it's like, it's like, like hey, that's, you don't even care about winning the GP. You care about getting a pro tour. Y- you know, you know, winning the Grand Prix, you know, it was kind. it's kind of fun to think about like, oh man, what if I won the Grand Prix in my hometown? That'd be so cool. But it didn't, it never seriously crossed my mind until like after game one of the finals. Like, <laughs> wow, you're sitting in the finals and that's when you realize, oh, I could win a GP right like, now. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, I was pretty proud of my mindset where I never like let, you know, the stakes like crawl into my head and affect like how I was feeling and how I was playing. I was, I was really proud of the fact that I was able just to sit at the board and just think about the game and what's the, what's the optimal play here. But, but man, the after, after game, one of the finals where I just blew out Jeremy Dizani with like pretty, pretty much like a God draw and like mm-hmm. one in four minutes. I was like, Oh, Oh shit. Like <laughs> I'm close. Yeah, you just get one of those hands that, like, if you're on the play, Grixis Delver just doesn't lose. Oh, I mean, I didn't know it was going to be that good. Like, like I, I, I thought it was going to play out for a while, but, I mean, I didn't know he was going to keep one, like, one colored source. <laughs> I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know my removal was going to stick, you know, on his death right shaman. Whew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still have the chill I mean, from it. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, that... That game was hot for me. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome. We'll get to that though. But before, let's finish up. Uh, so Swiss, you're thirteen Thir- and zero uh, at this point. Twelve and zero. Or 12 thirteen and zero. and zero. I played the mirror again, um, and I won. I think that one was kind of close. It, the game one came down to a came down to a situation where I had to bet or like had to bet on him not having bolt in hand. I made I made a certain attack where I'm like just dead to a bolt, um, and I I guess I guessed correctly, and then a- actually game two. <laughs> so after I win game two in the decider, the um, I actually kind of messed up or like ma- made a, a incorrect judgment call where I had I had some tokens. He had like one guy, and I could have attacked twice and like gotten him for exactsies and I had forceful backup. But I was like, eh, what if I had a removal and then I could have force whatever? I just you know. I just weighed this incorrectly. After the match, I go to meet with my friends, and they're like, "Oh shit! Like you did it! You're you're in!" And I'm still like, "Hey, did I did I have that up? Should I have just attacked right away?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what I'm what I'm getting already from this is the way to be a GP is to just be hypercritical of yourself at all times and not even realize <laughs> yeah. who you are. <laughs> I mean, definitely, definitely the second part, the first the first part. I mean, you don't want to be too critical. You don't. You know, I, I feel like uh, it's common for magic players who want to get better that, you know, they, they know they have to be critical. They have to, you know, figure out what they're doing wrong. But like, you know, it's no fun to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm so bad. 
oh, I'm so bad. I, I effed that up. I'm so bad. Right. Like, you can, like, you can be a little more positive about, about it than that. <laughs> true, true. Um, I do think it is important, though, that um, you just have this relaxed mind state uh, going through the tournament. You don't let, you know, what what it means, where you are, really affect your thinking and come right. into play when making and, decisions. And, yeah, relaxed is exactly how I felt through the entire tournament. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if it... Maybe it helped that I just didn't lose and, you know, my back was never really against the wall. I mean, so, yeah, <laughs> the, the way the best way to win a Grand Prix is to never lose. <laughs> John Madden, is that you? Um, yeah, but maybe, maybe it's one of those things where I either go XO or X5 or, you know, scrub out. Who knows? <laughs> It's like uh, you, you have to practice uh, the Zen right. nature going into a tournament. That, you know, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I've, I've win, actually sometimes read, read a lot five. about, um, done a lot of reading about sports psychology, and like, you know, trying to, you know, yeah, get into the right into the right mindset. Um, for anyone anyone interested, um, you, you should pick up. It's called the Inner Game of Tennis by. Uh, I forget something Galloway. Um, it's a little about tennis, but it's easily applicable to any kind of any kind of activity or sport or game um, focused on like execution and you know coaching and learning. Um, what one of the biggest takes takeaways from it is um, the tip: observe but don't critique. Where if you're looking at yourself or you're evaluating how, how you played, you can like you can observe that. Okay, I don't think that was the optimal play, but avoid saying things like, "Oh man, I'm I'm such a dumbass. I can't believe I I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I'm repeating these mistakes." There's just there's just no point. Like it, it's just not productive. Uh, they observe this when te- when teaching people like certain tennis strokes where people who get really frustrated just keep doing worse and worse and worse. Um, but people, but if you stay positive and you just yeah. um, keep keep the keep the feedback very simple and straightforward, um, then they then people did better. Um, anyway, I recommend the book. It's like 100 pages. Um, it, it's phenomenal. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I mean, I I think that is important. Uh kind of almost like mental cross training uh you know, a lot of people take uh their competitive c- competitiveness in magic from other sources or will bring their magic competitiveness uh with them to other areas uh i was reading you're actually talking to my buddy brent on the uh the facebook page about uh some drum core yeah so um so yeah for those of you who don't know what drum core is the short version is it's competitive summer marching band for high school and college uh, kids, um, I feel like this is a teen movie waiting to be made. It's like <laughs> they, <laughs> um, it, 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 it's it, it's ba- it's basically summer marching band. There's about thirty of these units in the country, and they all they all play. A, it, it's like high school marching band where you prepare like uh, a, tw- a twelve minute program. You have contests, but you're always performing against the same people, and you're driving to a different. You're on a bus driving to a different state every, um, basically every day, 
to perform another show in another city. Um, and, and yeah, it gets really, really competitive. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's what consumed me when I was in college. Um, and I was saying on the thread that, um, you know, a lot of that competitiveness and the stuff I learned from that activity carried over to, to magic and how I approached the game. Uh, and it's the most, the most important parts to me are, you know, get better, get better every day. Um, you know, focus on what you can control. Um, you know, put, put yourself in a position to do things so that you can perform optimally. Pra- practice exactly how you want to perform. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, kind of applying that to magic, I feel one of the most common ways to do that is people say, oh, yeah, we got together and play tested. And what they really mean is they played 100 game ones and then didn't practice sideboards once. Yep, that. Like yep, that, that's that. That's that, not that's a good way to um. Excuse me. Um. Yeah, that's a that, that that's a that's a good way to apply that. Yeah, just because I mean, if you think about it, two thirds of most games you play are going to be post sideboard. Um. So you're not doing yourself any favors there. And if you just don't get in this tournament mindset, none of it, none anything that you learn isn't really going to apply when you're actually sitting down in front of an opponent. Right. Um, yeah, it, I, the music analogy I would make there is, oh yeah, I practiced. Um, I practiced the intro over and over. I played. I practiced the first two minutes of of my piece, you know, over and over. But it's like, well, you know, what about the other six minutes? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. an, an, another way I'd apply that was um, in like 2010. Uh, Another Seattleite and a former podcaster, Brian Wong, the be- be- best limited player I've ever met. I'm watching him. Yeah. In... Former host of uh, Limited Resources. Yes, uh, I'm watching him play. Ba- watching him play a win and in. I think he was one away from a win and in uh, against Martin Yuza, and he's and uh, the game is really really tight. I'm I'm just super nervous. I want Brian to win so bad, but Brian stays like <laughs> super cool. You know, it looked like Martin was way more stressed than even Brian was. And Brian still lost, but I still ask him, like, dude, how, like, I was, I was a nervous wreck, and I wasn't even the one sitting in the chair. Like, how do you stay so cool, like, against a pro and against, um, you know, for such stakes? Like, an, an important matchup. Yeah, yeah, and he, and he said, you know, he said he plays hard every game, no matter where it is, whether it's Magic Online or a house draft. Or a cube, or what he—he—it's the same concentration. It's the same, you know, drive or motivation to win. Um, so that once you get to actual high stakes things, um, you're not—you're not, not going to do anything different. You—you are—you're just going to play the way you always play. Whether it's someone, mm. whether it's you know the person at F and M or Martin Yuza. And, and that's not to say, like, you know, be a, be a dick to your opponent or, like, be super, like, um, be super uptight. I, I think it more speaks to the, the, the level of concentration and effort. Right. Yeah, that's that's great advice. That, you know, we, we've heard a lot of advice on this cast uh, over the years, and I think that's uh, that's some of the most important. 
Uh, awesome. So getting back to the tournament, uh, we fit, we left off on round 14, uh, round 13. So, so, so I, 13, so yes. I'm in, uh, you know, I, I've got, I've got my plane ticket to the pro tour, uh, and, and I'm <laughs> got that golden, golden ticket, golden ticket, blue envelope, what, what have you. Um, but so yeah, at, at this point I, I walk around people, people, I figured out that I'm going to be in the top eight, and this is the part where it's where I, was, where I start getting a little emotional because uh, I, I qualified for the Pro Tour once. I, uh, it took me like nine years of playing PTQs to finally get to that point, and um, so getting there once was really emotional. And I thought, I always thought, well, it'd be it'd be nice to get there a second time just to prove it wasn't a fluke, but I'd be fine with it never happening again. And then. Not only did it ha- like, and then it did happen. So I was like, okay, that's nice. But I did it in Seattle. I did it, you know, I, I did it in my hometown. I did it in front of my community, and people people were coming up to me like that I had seen around, but like didn't um wasn't like super close to. Like they weren't my crew, but they were still like, oh shit, you're doing it, man. Keep it going, and and so that 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 was really special. Um, yeah, that home yeah, team advantage. Um, Anyway, round 14 happens. I get paired against a fellow on Blue White Miracles the first time I played it all day. And the game's pretty tight. We end up going to time. And th- this this was a little bizarre. I, um, I'm, still th- I'm still the only undefeated. Um, he, was X- he said he was X1 and 1. And we go to turns. And actually, first of all, as soon as we sit down, he says, "I'm not. I'm not going to ask you for a scoop. I know it's close enough. I don't want to, you know. I know there still could be a chance if you lose the next two, you might not get in. Um, so I, 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 I'm not going to. I'm not going to beg for a scoop. Uh, he he didn't say beg. He said, "I'm not. I'm mm-hmm. not going to ask you for a scoop." And I, I I told him I appreciated, you know, not getting uh, you know, not him not trying to strong arm me. Uh, I I've been. You know, I, I I've been begged for scoops before, and it's just you know, I I, I can never do it. I, I get that, I get that it's a thing that happens, but I don't know. Anyway, um, anyway, he 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 was super pleasant. We play we played it out, and we went to time. I'm turn four, and I I, I don't kill him, and so his entire turn five, I'm think I'm trying to think about the standings. I'm trying to think, can I afford a scoop? Um, at this point, um, and then. Out of nowhere, he just extends his hand, and before he says I can say anything, he's like, "I'm gonna scoop. I think I think I'm just dead at um, X one and two anyway, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna scoop and give you the win, so that you can be pretty much lock up number one seed." And he, I think he was dead on board. I'm, I honestly wasn't sure that if we weren't under the five turns constraint, if he could have played in a way where he wasn't just dead. Um, but anyway, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, re- I respected that a lot. Um, my, my friends also watching the match told him like, that was, that yeah. was a really cool thing you did. Um, flash, flash forward to the top eight where we're taking pictures and the next, the next guy up is him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Wait, you got in? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I was eight. That was the only <laughs> X21 to get in. Wow. <laughs> what a Cinderella story. <laughs> Right. Uh, do you remember? So the, let me see. So, oh, he was the miracles player. Keaton, yeah, I think his name was Keaton. Uh, it is Luke Purcell. Okay, sorry. Uh, I, I think oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, there were two miracles. Keaton Wood. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot there were two miracles. Yeah, so Keaton Wood. <laughs> That's the Hallmark movie waiting to be made right there. I mean. <laughs> if Hallmark ever makes magic movies. <laughs> you know, karma. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, so Keen, super cool. Uh, what about, so that's round 14? Right, yeah. And then the final round of the Swiss, um, I don't even really care who I'm playing against. I'm scooping because I want I want to go get a crepe from the crepe stand <laughs> outside of the Washington State Convention Center. It used to be my favorite part of going to PTQs there back when big PTQs were a thing. I hadn't gotten to have one all week. I think I tried to go on day one, but there was too little time left in the um there was too little time left in the round and uh it's a little slow cuz they they make they make all of them one at a time and there was a little bit of a line. So, I didn't get one on day one. So, I you know, c- come to 14 and 0 and I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to scoop. I eat. <laughs> I- so, my friend <laughs> You so do my real- friend thought it was crazy. Yeah, do you, like, you you realize what happened? Go get you food. <laughs> And I'm like, no, I want to see it made in front of me, and I don't even really want to play Magic. Oh, um, my God. You know you would have had the record for undefeated uh, going straight through, right? Oh, who gives a shit? <laughs> it was literally broken the next day in the standard GP. You could have... Oh. You could, <laughs> I, I, so I we were When Jordan was on, we were talking about this. Or no, maybe it was uh, last week when I recorded with Wilson and James. But we're like, wow, what, it would have been amazing. Like, too bad he didn't pull it out. And now knowing that you scooped to get crepes? <laughs> That's so perfect. This, this crepe stand is so good. They, they make them in front of you. That They're you... dressed in, like, um, like a kind of French attire. And they're, they, they just have the absolute, like, stereotypical French attitude, even, even though they're American. I, I saw a girl working there. At making a crepe for two tourists and they're like middle-aged they're like this is so cool did you did you go to france to learn to make these and she just doesn't even look at me she's just like no like total <laughs> aubrey plaza deadpan <laughs> no <laughs> oh my god this is the most resounding commercial for uh that crepe stand ever it's like so good you can pass up a world record for I it i mean the marketing's great because it's it's outside the convention center and there's like two there's like two stands out there. One of them is Subway. The other is this uh, delicious crepe place. Where are you gonna go? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Next now I'm now I'm really sad. I didn't know this stand uh, existed. I would have gotten all the crepes. <laughs> um. Yeah. G- Gavin oh. Verhey had a, a Grand Prix Seattle eating guide, and I I don't remember if I called him out for not putting this on there. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll send Gavin your uh, your remarks. Make sure he updates it. <laughs> so uh, it, it, that's... it turns out round fifteen. I was paired against um, Steve Rubin, um, a pro who used to be from Pittsburgh. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh. We have a lot of mutual friends um, from the area, so it was even more of a pleasure for me to scoop for me to scoop to him. Uh, we had met before. He he's a cool dude. He's a he's a good man. So um, he actually like. I think he was a little taken aback. He was, he was ready to do the, um, you know, you know, song and dance for asking for a scoop. But I was, I, I sat down. I was like, I'm hungry. I'm gonna go get dinner. Good luck in the top eight. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, and then, did you end up playing him in top eight, or did, was he on the other side? No. Of the well, he he was on my side of the bracket, but 
he was paired, I believe he was paired against Sam Black. And Sam gotcha. won, and then I played Sam in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. So what was uh, what was your first uh, first round of uh, top? Uh, I played against Maverick. I played against Miranda Keith. She is ah, also yes. from Seattle. Um, so that was cool. That it's pretty cool to have uh, two Seattleites in the top eight of Grand Prix Seattle. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. I mean, I I really think Seattle is one of the core uh, magic destinations. I mean, obviously because Wizards of the Coast is there, but just there is a large quality of talent in the Seattle area. Oh, I mean, I've like it blows my mind that there's a legacy, like a local legacy community that good. I I, I know that the online legacy scene has been um has been great, um, but mm-hmm. to have that just all local, like like the. The mon- the weekly legacy like Monday nights at Card Kingdom, uh, the one right before it, it capped out at seventy two. Um, wow! And then two yeah. weeks after the Grand Prix, like normally that's like okay, fine, that's a lot of that's like a lot of people testing for the Grand Prix. I get it, but like the, the one two weeks after still had forty people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, legacy just goes in your blood, and even after the big tournament, you still want to uh, yeah, still so, play yeah, it. Seattle legacy. Is, it's something. I'm 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 glad that there is a location I can happily move to if I ever decide to leave uh, <laughs> uh But yeah, this is actually my first time in Seattle, and I really love the city. It was it would like even just besides the magic stuff, I thought Seattle was a sweet oh, it's destination. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah, hopefully uh, they do some, another Legacy GP there next year. I hope so. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, your matchup with Miranda. So, how is Maverick for uh, Grixis um, in your you experience? Know, I, had, I truthfully hadn't played it that much. I played it, like a few times. Um, yeah, it's not very common no. anymore. It's I I played it once, and I was actually I was surprised yeah, the, that the I scary, played it. The scary thing with Maverick um, is the scary thing with a lot of like decks you wouldn't normally play against that you just don't know what they can do. Like you could lose, like mm-hmm. if neither if they untap with neither reliquary like the fuck if i know all the things they could do with that yeah <laughs> i know it's like they could have dark depths i mean even if you know maverick like maverick is one of those decks that is really customizable because of mm-hmm. all the tutor options like the green sun zenith gives you so much flexibility so even if you know the matchup there's, there's still so many options. surprises like, coming you're right they, they could have dark depths they could have loam they could they could waste you they could waste you out shit they could they could tabernacle you out like they could literally do anything <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i mean sajiri sajiri step, step like, like what sajiri, in the world like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah man you have two night of the reliquaries out you use one to fetch sajiri step <laughs> oh my god <laughs> get in there and then like get past all those uh, pyromancer tokens and then like maze of tricks with like an attacking neither reliquary like they get to attack oh, and they yeah. just get it back like are you kidding me that... <laughs> Yep, that's the other way to oh do it. Oh my god, goodness. Um, <laughs> Neither Relicary has Vigilance, you didn't know that? Yeah, yeah, the, the, this, is, <laughs> the, this is fine. Um, I, I I got fortunate that her draws were pretty poor. Like, game one, I think she kept a no mana hand. I think she kept, she might have kept like a waste or a port, and then top decked. Um, no, I think she kept a no lander, and then her first lane off the top was a cradle. So... So game one was a blowout. She actually wrote a very good report on um, r slash MTG Legacy. Um, 
about the match. Nice. Um, game two, game two, she had a Knight of the Reliquary draw, but my draw was pretty good. Like, it had just gotten out of Dismember Range, which was sitting it in my hand, but then I top decked Diabolic Edict, and it's just like another one of those things where I just shake my head, like, wow, why, are, like, why are my draws this good? <laughs> <laughs> right, you're like it's like embarrassing how good your draws yeah. are. <laughs> oh yeah, let me tell you. Um, so so yeah, that was so my quarterfinals match went pretty like as smoothly as I could ask for against against that deck. Um, so inner sideboard, I'm seeing two uh, two copies of a card that gives Grace's Dover a lot of problem. Um, did you ever see choke out of the deck? I did not see choke. Um. Chokes it, like, worse than Blood Moon somehow, because even with Blood Moon, at least you can still cast your Pyromancer tokens and try and win that way. Choke is just straight up, like, nah, sucks to be you. Right. <laughs> um, I think I I was leaving, and I don't even... I might have even left in all two um, spell pierces, because I want to be able to hit um, Green Sun Zenith. And yep. um, and then seeing choke areas. there also, it's like okay, well, I have a I have a lot of reasons to leave in spell pierce. Um, yeah. So I think that's what I did there. Um, probably for the rest of it, I just brought in. Like, oh yeah, let, my removal. Let's talk about your sideboarding a little bit in this. So you, you prioritize uh, boarding in your removal. So you let's see here. So you brought in the dismember, the edicts. Did you bring in the abrade? I did bring in a raid. I think she had um, yep. yeah, double well, she, duty. She had file, and I think she had Stoneforge too. Yeah, she she was running the Stoneforge package, so a raid pulls uh, double duty. Um, so this is something I've gone back and forth about and talking to various uh, uh, players. Uh, did you bring in the Cabal Therapies? I did not. You know, I think that was the that was the card I utilized the least uh, over the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I mean, it's definitely. Pro- I would say it might even be more difficult than Brainstorm as far as skill intense uh, intensive cards in Legacy go. Um, that may be hearsay for a lot of people, but especially like like you said, you know, if you're not super familiar with the format, like Cabal Therapy can be extra hard. Yeah, like uh, it, it comes in against all the combo decks. But if I'm playing against a fair deck, like like not only do I have to know the format, like do I have to know the format? I have to like. I have to make a pretty good read, like, un- unless I easy mode it and, you know, have a young Pyromancer or, like, a Gataction Probe. Um, right. You know, it's, it's kind um, of a hard mode card, and I already have a lot of other cards to bring in, like, I already have a lot of removal, so, and I don't want to overboard, so, I don't know, why, yeah. why bother bringing in something that's going to whiff if I don't have help? Mm-hmm. That's true. Um I, I like it in this matchup simply because uh, against the Stoneforge Mystic package. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious when they go like, Stoneforge Mystic, Batterskull, and they're like, okay, Cabal Therapy named Batterskull. Yep, and then they don't have Batterskull. <laughs> but uh, you're right. I mean, you do you are bringing in a bunch of stuff, you know, Dismember, Two Diabolic Edict, the Abraid, um, you know, and you're not boarding out too much stuff because most of your deck is still good against them. Um, right. Did you bring in the, you know, the just... Liliana? Oh yeah, yeah. So Liliana also comes in. Liliana and Marsh Casualties, you know, answers to um, answers to uh, like Mom, um, yeah. and Flickerwisp. Just a lot, a lot of targets for those. 
Exactly. Um, so yeah, you're bringing in a shit ton. What it, what's coming out? Because most of your deck is still great against them. Like, how do you yeah, make these it, decisions? It, 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 the first part, especially against fair decks, is you know counter spells. The standard like days is kind of bad on the draw for or yeah days is bad on the draw. So mm-hmm. a lot of times in those matchups, it starts with five counter spells. Where it's you know depending on player draw, you know a three two mix coming out as a three two mix of days and force of will. Um, ne- ne- never all of them unless I like have a lot of stuff to take out because you still want to keep them honest. Um, right. Well, especially like you you had the benefit of seeing the deck list, correct? Um, so you mm-hmm. saw th- you saw those chokes coming. So you you got to know those are coming in. So you don't want to leave yourself completely uh, vulnerable to them. Yeah, yeah. Like mo- most decks in most decks in the format, at least for Grixis Delver, have must counter spells. So like you you still like yeah the two for one sucks, but like sometimes you just have to force something or you're gonna lose. True. Um, so the five counter spells that takes care of two edict marsh casualty dismember Liliana. Uh, what about the abrade? What was the uh, six card? Probably that's probably where I shaved a spell pierce, or it, spell or pierce. it could have been a, or it could have been a six of uh, one of the big counter spells. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you ever? Can you remember boarding out Gataxian probe at all? I feel that's a big difference between uh, the way people play the deck. Um, where a lot of people who are newer to the deck are usually surprised that you don't board out Gataxian Probe. I've no, I don't think I've ever boarded it out. Um, yeah, leading up to this, <laughs> it's just so good. Like I talked to so many newer players who are get who are getting used to the deck, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you take out the Gataxian Probe because you already know what they're playing." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's a normal like place to shave if you're like a combo deck, saying like modern. Yes, um, it is very com- common. Like Reanimator will do it. Um, you know, I don't think the Sneak and Show deck should be running Gitaxing Pro, but the ones that do will shave it. So you're right. It is. It is. I, that's probably where it carries over for people. right. But but the thing the thing with Grixis Delver is like you know Legacy is all about resource management. So like you really like if you see their hand like then you can more optimally play or like make their spells bad and make your spells good if if you know. How, how how to match it up and then also you get value out of just having spell spells in your graveyard from Deathrite shaman and um and gurmag angler and, and young pyromancer so it, it really yeah. does a lot it's so, in this particular it's so deck. good uh we talked about this last week but it's just like it's insane just how perfectly gataxian probe fits in the grixis delver deck like it go it synergizes with just everything it's beautiful (laughs) (laughs) um and that's why so i don't know if you listened but um we got dinner with gavin verhey and gataxian probe was actually gavin's choice for a card that um could do with a banning yeah yeah I, i don't follow a lot of um legacy discussion online or anything and someone had brought up um what about Gitaxian probe and i was like well, really and then i keep thinking about it, like well yeah it's pretty good they they did ban it in modern so well and also like what we talked about before was it just it like you said it just strips away this entire facet of the game and arguably makes the game less fun to play because part of the game is not knowing what's in your opponent's hand and planning your resources accordingly. Like, Gitaxian Probe is like, oh, I'm going to switch to easy mode real quick. I mean, I wouldn't say it's easy mode. I mean, like, <laughs> y- you get you get to play poker with um, 
seeing your opponent's whole card, so... <laughs> or, like, you, you get to play chess and your opponent still has to, like, guess. Get, like, mm-hmm. he's playing chess, but he doesn't know where your pieces are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh so yeah. So little aside about Gataxian probe. Um so yeah, so yeah, just never comes out. Just always always stays in. I, 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 th- I think I, I think I've decided it out against like burn. Cuz Yeah, I can see that. Cuz it's like <laughs> I because. really just need ways to fight their burn spells and I'm not I'm going to take two. What am I going to do? Take two is like, yep, you have 15 points of burn in hand. <laughs> I now know that I am dead, whereas only before I thought I was dead. <laughs> it's true. I uh, I did that. I was in the uh, semifinals of a last chance qualifier at the GP, and I would win the die roll, and I'm like, cool, Gitaxian probe, and they just lay out a hand of burn. And I'm like, well, that was dumb. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was going to say, sometimes I probe, and then like I look at a hand, like, say, my opponent's on Storm. I probe them, I see their hand, I'm like, okay. I think I'm still fucked. I don't know what to do from here. <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes, I mean, yeah, you're right. Sometimes a taxi probe just lets you know how dead you are. <laughs> we just pack it up early and <laughs> save some time. Yeah. I mean, that happened to me. I was playing against Sneak and Show uh, with the deck, and I, I kept a really greedy no lander, but it was basically like Days, Force of Will, Gitaxian Probe, uh, Cabal Therapy, uh, Delver Secrets, Ponder Brainstorm. Like, all right, I have my draw step, and then I have the draw off Gitaxian Probe. Like, if I hit any land, uh, I just crush this matchup. <laughs> and I Gitaxian Probe, whiff on the draw, and rev- and my opponent reveals a turn two Blood Moon. <laughs> like, all right, now I know exactly how dead I am. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that is the goods and the bads of uh, of Gitaxian. There, there was um, um, so Card Kingdom does a week. Um, most of the time, they do a stream of their weekly legacy, and one of my first times on stream, I kept um, I, I, I was on Delver, but I kept a No Lander with um, I think I had Mulliganed was on. No, I, I think no, I didn't Mulligan, but I, I was on the draw and I had two probes in hand. <laughs> and then I get probed on turn one and this caster seemed like, oh my god, <laughs> this is the ballsiest keep ever. <laughs> and then um, and then I get I, I get there, everyone, you know, the casters were very happy. But then the nice thing was, someone on Twitch uh, did the math. Apparently it's about 65% to hit a land in Grixis Delver. Um, yeah, with three looks. So now I know I would do that every time. <laughs> yeah, it's not terrible. That was mine uh, when I calculated. Though I included wasteland, and you should not include wasteland in those calculations. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's like, a, it's like a seventy-seven percent chance that I hit here. Oh wait, no, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually um, back to round fourteen against my miracles opponent, game one. He mulliganed. I think he mulliganed to four, um, and he kept like. He kept like a planes and a bunch of blue blue cards, and not a, not a planes. He kept a tundra and some cards. And I was looking at um, I had a double probe hand on the draw again, and then so he he plays a tundra passes, and I'm like, okay, probe. You know, I still don't have a land, but I did draw a wasteland, so I got to delay for one turn the fact that I kept a, that I kept a no lander. <laughs> 
I'm just keeping the uh, the extra saucy wasteland Gohan. Yeah, yeah. He, well, no, no, no. I I, I wasted him because since oh, he was okay. on four cards. Ah, gotcha. Um, and then I think he. I don't know if he had a planes, but anyway, after I um, on my next turn, I probed again. Uh, once I was out of probes, and I was like, <laughs> "This is awkward. Go." <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. Um, so, uh, after you versus Melissa, uh, what was your next matchup? Uh, the next matchup was against Sam or Black. Miranda. Excuse me, Miranda. I said Melissa. Uh, so, yeah. Sam, Sam Black next, and uh, he was on lands. He was on lands, and I'm thinking, okay, this is where the run ends. Like, not only, not only yeah. am I playing against Sam Black, you know, one, one of the best players, one of the best players in the world. Um, mm-hmm. A good guy. I, I, I've hung out with him a lot. Um, but really good player. Really smart person. Um, not only is he better, he's smarter than me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's playing he's playing lands, um, which uh, is one is one of the decks I, I don't really want to play against. They just have so many ways to just make Delver not play Magic. Um, and so I'm thinking, okay, it was a good run. <laughs> And I game. <laughs> I I start the game and I probe him. And I see I see a bunch of cards. One of them is a tabernacle, and then um, the game. And he he has a couple ghost cores. And I and I get lucky enough. Uh, my my hand was kind of weird. I kept I kept a bunch of counter spells and like a ponder, or it was a brainstorm. And my fir- my first land gets gets ghost core, but I get to brainstorm. And then I was lucky enough to get um. Get some fetch lands and wastelands so that he couldn't ghost quarter me out before I played true name nemesis. Um, oh, sweet. so so I was like, okay, I, I got I got to hit you seven times. Um, and then he he plays it he plays a tabernacle. Um, I know what it does, but I kind of know what it does. But you know, I, <laughs> I for first thing I do die on top of my deck as soon as tabernacle comes down. <laughs> And then just ready, ready for it. I am not. And then, and then I, I'm ready to pay, but I'm like, let, let me just double check. I know exactly what this does. And then, um, I, I'm happy that it's English. The first time I played against lands, and the first time I played against Tabernacle, my opponent made a twenty twenty, and then he untaps with Tabernacle, um, draws. And I'm like, I was like, you you need to sack this. And he's like, it's not sack, it's destroy. I'm like, what, really? And then I flip, flip back the tabernacle, and it's an Italian. <laughs> I'm like, what? No, Are no, you no. Are kidding me? <laughs> um, that's true. That trips a lot. I actually saw there was an SCG event um, on camera where the judge told the lands player he had a sack his, uh, his uh, merit lace. The lands player had to explain to the judge that oh, that's my not God. how it works. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it turns out Tabernacle says destroy. So, merit lage. Yeah. You do not have to pay for merit lage because Tabernacle will destroy it, but not because it's indestructible. Um. Right. So anyway, I, I flip over the, the Sam's Tabernacle and I look at and I'm like, oh, thank goodness, it's in English. But then the spotter next to me was like, I can give it, give you the Oracle text. It's still kind of old and kind of weird. And then I, I look at it and then Sam gets me off guard where. He he's like, you know, it's optional, right? And I'm like, what do you mean it's optional? And like, you don't have to pay. And I don't know if he's like, if there's just an interact, if like Trolling? true name nemesis has protection from it, 
or if he's trying to get me. So uh, I'm reading Tabernacle a bunch of times. I I look at the reminder text on True Name Nemesis to figure out if protection includes (laughs) destruction. (laughs) I'm like, what? Mm. And like, Sam is cackling. Like, he's putting me through the ringer. (laughs) And eventually I put it together. I I, I don't even put it together. I'm just like, um... I'm pretty sure I should be paying one mana for this. I'm just going to pay. You know, twi- twi- if I'm wrong, Twitch <laughs> yeah. chat can get me. You know, afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ask the judge for the explanation of why that happens? Why, um, like why why he said it's optional? Well, no, as in like why you still have to pay because you know with uh, Merit Lage being indestructible, True Name Nemesis has protection from Sam from Sam's permanence. You would think. Uh, that the tabernacle would be included. Oh, for true name nemesis. You know, at that point, I was too embarrassed that like Sam had like put this doubt <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> it's okay. It's a tricky question. Like a lot of people, I don't think would be entirely confident I mean, on their answer. I, I I just paid. You know, I I I, I opted to pay. <laughs> yeah. Like now 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 that I'm thinking about it. I'm like now now I'm not a hundred percent sure. True name nemesis, like, will die to tabernacle. I'm I'm looking it up right now just to make sure, because now I'm like, now I'm not 100% sure. Like, Sam is just dying. Like, he's, like, at first I thought he was being cute, but I think he was thinking, oh my god, I I might trick him. (laughs) I I, I just pay, you know, whether I'm right or wrong, like, uh, I just pay. Um, and the game, the game, the game goes on a little longer. Um, he has, um, I spell pierces to life on the looms to get back to, to gain some tempo, uh, not tempo to, to buy some time. Um, it eventually gets to a point where I, I actually draw like three wasteland, three wastelands that game. So <laughs> my, my, my deck is continuing to be good, good to me. Um, it gets to a point where. He's he gets Salome, and I have to use my last waste on like, on like a dark depths before he um before he loams again because at this point he has exploration so, um, so I'm worried about the combo, um, and then on like the final turn he has some thespian stage he has like he has access to like three, like three or four ghost quarters I I, I think three, um and I have two lands and a fetch and uh and he he, he's dead on the untap and i and like i'm carefully figuring out like all right can i make it and like like am i just gonna lose my tnn to tabernacle and i think like okay i think i mean i don't know at this point i just kind of have to see what he does i don't have a lot of options um but he i figure out that he can't he can't ghost quarter my my fetch. He, he he only has enough ghost quarters, where he get he gets me if I f up and fetch end of turn, and then he gets all my lands before my upkeep. Um, and he he's kind of muttering himself like ah, it was so close. Um, and then he he says pass, and then you know I, I I figured out where like okay upkeep or like he 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 wastes my two remaining sources, and then passes with me just with a fetch. And I figure out okay upkeep trigger on the stack fetch pay um so that the, the game ended up being really really close and dicey where like if if i was careless i i could have thrown away the match 
Um, game two, yeah. game two, a lot of people had questions about, particularly from his side. Where, um, for, first of all, I fuck up bad. Where um, I know he has he has a thespian stage, and I have a wasteland in hand, and then he plays. Um, I play something that isn't wasteland, and then he plays. Um, he plays a dark depths, so he can go for the combo, and I'm like, oh fuck, man, I can't believe I didn't. I can't believe I didn't play Wasteland. But then he doesn't go for it. Um, and the line he was taking was, he had Gamble, he gambled, and he wanted to get um, Chalice of the Void, and he wanted to play Chalice for two to play around Diabolic Edict. I don't rem- he, he talked to me afterwards, and I don't remember if he said he thought I had Diabolic Edict in hand or not, but this is the line he took. Um, it bought me... It bought me a lot of time. I think he thought he had more time than he had, but I ended up, like, getting a Delver and then, like, another Flip Delver or something. So is the the clock I had was way mm-hmm. faster than the clock he thought he had. Um, and then I keep drawing more Wastelands because, Jesus Christ, the fucking card. <laughs> um, and, 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 then, and then he loses. It is such uh, a terrible feeling. Uh, I feel that's how most most Grixis Delver decks lose to lands is when they you just get Feel, feels terrible locked out like it's just so miserable <laughs> um, also buddy Lawrence got back to me uh, why true name nemesis uh, you still have to pay so true name nemesis does have protection from the tabernacle <laughs> which I think is what Sam was trying to lead, lead your thought pattern down but it but tabernacle gives true name nemesis oh the God. ability so the ability so like, is technically I, I, true name I'm, I'm glad i didn't ask a judge because i could have asked him the wrong question <laughs> i could have been like does true name nemesis have protection from tabernacle the judge would have said yes <laughs> oh my god and the judge would have said yes yeah <laughs> yeah that is a tricky one like i i knew exactly like your instinct like i knew you had a pain i never i wouldn't have thought about this if sam I, i've never really didn't make the joke why <laughs> Yeah, that, that's so tricky because that puts your mind on that path. You're like, wait, do I not have to pay one? And I'm like, we're friends. He wouldn't. He's not trying to get me. <laughs> you need be- you need better friends. Right. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Oh, that's that's awesome. So yeah, so yeah, that's how I beat Lance. That was the first time I played it all weekend. I lo- I think I lost to it a bunch in Santa Clara, but. Ooh, yeah, that is not a deck I want to play against. So, real quick, uh, how did you sideboard for Um, What comes in? Artifact removal, because I know he has Chalice, and... So, Ancient Grudge, did you bring in the Abrade? I think so, probably. Um, I don't have a lot of cards to take out. I think I I take... I I leave in all my forces, and I shave... I shave on days, bring in, like, Flusterstorm. I definitely brought in my Surgicals, because I got to Surgical him turn one in game two because he played he went mox mox land um loam so then i got to turn one mm-hmm. extract him and then i'm guessing you also bring in the diabolic edicts for the merit leash oh yeah definitely uh yeah just the way grixis is built uh so we had uh our friend blake on a little while ago and she she's a really diehard lands player uh and you know she was saying it used to be this really, really lopsided matchup, but with Grixis Delver's Delver's uh, current iteration, 
you know, you have a lot of tools to fight against them. Like the edicts make it really difficult. And I think that's why we see so many of the wasteland lock wins is that's the safest way for lands to beat Grixis Delver is just the mana right. denial package. Like it can't, right. it can't rely on just the speedy fast 2020 to the face. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm scared to play against that deck They're They have so many ways to kill so many of your draws. Like if you go creatures, they can punishing fire you out. Mm-hmm. If, they they can they can loam ghost quarter you out. They they could just you things could be going great and then they just make a twenty twenty. Like there's oh my goodness, there's so many ways for they they, they can tabernacle you out. Like mm-hmm. they they can maze of if you're five five. Like all these ways you can just like that deck can just fuck you. Like <laughs> yeah, it it really is designed to shut shut you down. So um, what what came out? So you took the you shaved the dazes. Yeah, I think I think I cut all my dazes. Um, did you leave? Uh, I'm guessing you cut fork bolt. That's not super great in that matchup. Uh, it's not super great, and I think in this matchup it follows kind of my guide for combo decks where I take out like the big threat or I shave on the big threats like true name nemesis and gurmag angler. I think uh-huh. I think I left in one gurmag angler because it's still okay, but I think I, I think I shaved my true name nemesis. Uh, despite, despite it winning me game one, um, that's not how I would have drawn that one up if I could choose any creature. Yeah, I mean, well, basically in that same situation, Gurmag Angler gets there too because the likelihood of them punishing firing out uh, Gurmag Angler is really low. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I think when I probed, I think he had he didn't just have Tabernacle; he had Maze of Ith. So I got lucky that the threat that I uh, did have was yeah. True Name Nemesis. That's true. That is true. Uh, awesome. So you took down uh, Sam, and up next uh, you played against uh, Jeremy uh, Dizani on Bug Control. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really like his list. I was actually planning on playing this in a side event, but I overslept and missed the side event. Oh, darn. <laughs> Wait, was it the 300-person side event that you missed? Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was. It was okay. I, I I was out until three a.m. the night before with uh, Jordan. Oh seeing the man, sights. <laughs> seeing the sights of Seattle. Jordan is a good <laughs> man to to go out with. Yeah, it was it was a blast. <laughs> uh, but so Jeremy's list. Uh, how is how is this matchup? I feel this list kind of goes a step above Grixis Delver, kind of in the same way that Four Color Control can kind of go a step above. Uh, Grizzly Delver, like, I, I feel they're on the value plan against you. Yeah, uh, first of all, let me just embarrass myself. So, the entire, like, tournament, I thought, uh, Jeremy is on, uh, on check pile. Because I see Leovold, I see Leovold's, <laughs> I see Death Arch, I'm like, okay, this is a check pile deck. And game mm-hmm. one, game one, I, th- I think this, you know, through w- watching him all, all his matches in the top eight, because he was like the last one to finish every round, um, and then through game one of the of the finals, I'm thinking, okay, like even even after looking at glancing at his list before our match started, I was thinking, okay, you just get those blinders on. You're like, oh, I know, yeah, yeah, playing. yeah. Check out, check out, <laughs> Leovold, um, it, and like the unusual one was like True Name Nemesis. I'm like, okay, check out with True Name Nemesis, <laughs> and then for game two, <laughs> like that's when I'm really focusing because I'm like, okay. I, I could win the Grand Prix. I could win the whole tournament. And I'm trying to go through my head, like, about sideboarding. I'm like, okay, you know, got to think about Colin's command, leaving on all my my spell pierces and fluster storms. All right, all right, I think, 
I, I spent a lot. This is the most time I spent on sideboarding because I didn't really like. I really didn't want to mess this up because I could win the tournament. And the last thing I check is um, let me just double check his mana base. I want to make sure how many. I want to see how many red sources he has. And I look at his mana base. And there are no red sources. There are no badlands. There are no <laughs> volcanic <laughs> islands. And I'm like, what? What? What the hell is going on? And I look at his list, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this isn't check pile. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> after we had already played a game, after I had looked at this, is the second time I looked at his list. <laughs> oh my <hilarious>. God! <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I can talk about how I match up against Checkpile, um, but I, I, I guess the differences are he. Um, I guess it's the true names that's the big difference. Um, I don't know what his value. He doesn't have a value card like Colligan's Command, which is one of the worst cards for me um, as Checkpile. Well, what it is is it's just it's incremental. So Baleful Strix. Um, can cause problems. So Baleful Strix replaces itself, and it blanks your yep. uh, Gurmag Anglers. Um, so that's where he can get some value there. And then, like, if he sticks a Jace, like, that thing takes over the game. Like, if he if he's able to kind of get a little bit ahead, land a defensive Baleful Strix, maybe a, a Deathrite Shaman or two, and play that Jace and just tick it up to five yeah. so it's out of bolt range... Um, that can give you yeah, a lot of um, trouble. All, all cards that Checkpile also plays, so <laughs> I guess my mindset was just fine. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't have to play around Colligan's Command. Right. So, I mean, in that, <laughs> in that way, exactly. And I guess in, instead of Colligan's Command, and kind of in that slot is he's running the two him to Torak. Him, um, yeah. So I feel that's kind of his way to get some, some yeah. extreme value off you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it, you're lucky in that that it's uh, the decks the way they function are similar, so that your your mindset did work out. Uh, it, it didn't ruin you. So good, good job. <laughs> Look, sometimes you have to get lucky to win tournaments, and it's not always during oh, the game. Yeah, better, <laughs> I'm a yeah, I'm a firm believer in better lucky than good. <laughs> Um, so how did you, uh, how did you board once you realized? Gosh, yeah, uh, I, I think I, I ended up boarding in a lot of cards at first. I boarded in, like, I knew I wanted Liliana. Um, I knew I wanted, um, my Dismember and some number of Diabolic Edicts. Um, not just for Leovold, but also because, yes, true name Nemesis. Um, so even then I also boarded in, uh, I think I even boarded in Marsh Casualties. And then I also boarded in, and then since I thought he was check pile, and I was going to have a lot of cards I couldn't answer, uh, my Flusterstorm comes in, and I think my Edict, not my Edict, my, I think I boarded in some number of therapies, but then I think once, once I figured out there was no Colligan's Command, um, oh, also my Power Blasts come in. And then once I figured out he was just normal, um, since he was just Sultai, I think I was like, okay, I can dial it back, because I was taking out, like, a lot of cards. I, I, I think I... L- put my cabal therapies back i don't remember truthfully i don't really remember how i sideboarded i think it was the standard t- take out some of my counter spell take out my counter spells for more clean um for more clean answers but then also be conscious of um be con- be conscious of his big threats like leovold <laughs> leovold is game over um okay. true name nemesis yeah. is a tough one to deal with um i i, I think i think what i did was i left out um Flusterstorm because I didn't have to fight Colligan's Command, but I still wanted to fight um, his Planeswalkers, so like Liliana and Jace. 
Right. I mean, because I feel them him also having the Liliana game one can give him a big advantage. So it's it's really nice that you got such a uh, oh man <laughs> victory off of him. That game one was hot. Uh, game two, I hear there was a uh, a, a flusterstorm. I I haven't actually watched your matchup, unfortunately, so I didn't get to check it out firsthand. But uh, in the various group chats I was uh, in, I felt I was like spectating it third hand because they were all um, talking about the match as it was happening. The weir- all right, so so the big play in this was he he sticks a true name nemesis, and I I, I went back and watched the video, and they just panned to me, and I'm just like letting out a big sigh, like. <sighs> All right, <laughs> that one. That one's good. Um, <laughs> but then I stuck a. Uh, I played a Delver that I knew was going to flip, and then um, I think I spell pierced, spell spell pierced something after that. But then my, then I flipped Delver, revealed another spell pierce, and then had four lands up to play. Um, True name nemesis, and then this is where this is where the line gets a little weird. Where he forced my, and he was tapped out. He forced my, um, uh, he forced my true name nemesis into my spell pierce. So I'm like, okay, spell pierce. Um, I guess whatever, whatever you have, you have it. I don't know what you could have. Um, and then the next turn, he deluges the board away because his because my clock is now si- uh, I have six and he has only three. So I guess. He, he's now going to lose the race. Um, and then the other weird thing was he mm-hmm. he pitched... He, he could have pitched two cards. I think I had probed him. He could have pitched two different cards. He could have pitched Brainstorm or Leovold. And he, pit, he pitched Brainstorm... Uh, no, no, he pitched Leovold um, and, and kept Brainstorm in, like, a couple... And, like, some lands, which I thought was surprising. Um, my next turn... My next turn, I rip Liliana... Um, and then get back, get back a Delver, and then his brainstorm, his brainstorm was three lands after that. Uh, the, the next, the next turn I probed him and saw two lands, and then that's when I was like, okay, I, we, I think we've got this one, like, we're, we're favored, like, big time now to win the tournament. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so when did it wash over that you're like, oh my god, I'm winning this game? The probe. The pro when he yeah. really, like, like if if I don't see his hand, then I'm like, okay, well, uh, you know, he could still have removal. He probably has brainstorm. You know, still gotta, you know, you always want to play careful. But uh, until I probed, I was like, okay, keep it, you know, keep it tight. And then <laughs> once he flipped over two lands, I was like, okay, we're like, like the number of turns left in this game, I can count on my hand. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 or the number the number of turns left in this tournament i'm I'm counting on my hand <laughs> yeah oh man that's awesome uh so you t- you took it home you... uh what did you do immediately after winning the gp immediately after like how immediately after uh <laughs> i took a leak like no, i mean <laughs> I, I, after um after um after telling um, designing yeah. good game you know i told him like i thought i think you're a really good player um I remember standing up and just like, just screaming. <laughs> I like it was like, it, 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 it was like a relief, you know, reference to the wrong game. But I felt like Yugi taking off the Millennial Puzzle, like I, 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 I could let go, you know. Oh my god! That's yeah, you hilarious. know, like a, a, a lot of the good players that 
the good pros that people admire, like Reed Duke, you know, Josh Utterlane, they're just machines at the table. You know, they're, they're like computers and unstoppable. But, like, it, it felt great, like, once the tournament's over, once you, you stop, you know, wanting to be the optimal, you know, computer, it, it felt good to just, just let it out. You know, and finally, like, like finally, like, really relax. <laughs> the tournament's over, it was, oh, and man. it ended with the best possible outcome. <laughs> so, that felt great. Um, I... You know, I, m- I mumbled out some words to Marshall in the in the post game interview, and then as soon as I could, I, r- I ran over to, you know, to to find my wife. So my wife, she doesn't play magic. She's she's a she's an opera singer, and she had a gig that night. Um, so I joked like, well, you you can come over like if I'm in the top eight, but we're gonna, probably going to be going to dinner. <laughs> and she and she got in just in time for the finals to start. That's you know? awesome. It, it, oh, it, it's like it's like the movie where like the the kid the kids you know up to bat in the ninth inning of his little league game and he's like oh i wish my dad were back from his business trip and then like he sees like someone running into the stands and his dad and he makes it just in time papers flying yeah, out of the briefcase the kid hits, hits the homer to win the game it was like one of those things except it was my wife and i'm an adult <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> awesome. So, well, I mean, congrats, man. That's a oh, huge man. accomplishment. I, I still say to myself when people, when, like, when people congratulate, I'm still like, this wasn't supposed to happen. Like, things like, things like this weren't supposed to happen to me. Like, I was going to be fine, like, being a good local grinder, you know, would be nice to go to... Been, already been to one pro tour would be nice to go to another one but like super super content being a being a local like player that wins more than he loses but so like something like this was not supposed to happen to me i didn't draw it up like this uh well we're starting oh, to run out of time so real quick you want to run through some uh listener questions yeah yeah join join the it. group today and a lot of good questions i'm excited hell yeah um, I mean, I think you can tell we're recording this right after the uh, banned and restricted announcement. It was nothing, but still fresh on everyone's mind. Um, first one up to bat of what I'm sure is probably multiple posts. Uh, Jeff Borson wants to know, do you think Deathrite Shaman should be banned? I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think so. Like, it's really, really good. So I, I feel like my criteria for a card being too good is if if the question ever arises like why why are you doing something that isn't that that isn't this and i don't think i don't think legacy is in a place where you're embarrassed not to be playing death right there are a lot of other good decks like like miracles is a good deck you know combos still good um lands like iterations of lands are good i i, I don't think we're at that point i mean Maybe there's a best deck, like maybe Delver or Checkpile is the best deck, um, but I don't think it's oppressive. I, you know, I'm the Deathrite Shaman player, so I don't know if it's unfun to play against. I I enjoy playing playing with it, so it, it is very good. It's definitely too good for modern. I, I I don't know if Legacy. I don't know if it needs to be banned from Legacy. I don't think I don't think so. 
I'm going to modify Anthony Laverde's here. Um, anything you think should be unbanned? And he's specifically wondering about Mind Twist and Frantic Search. Like, Mind Twist seems... I don't know about Mind Twist. Like, that card... Like, one, I think that card's unfun to be on, to be on the other side. And I also think it's... I'm not even sure, like, if it's good enough. Like, Like, is it better than him? Yeah. I mean, it feels like one of those things where it's either not good enough and it won't see any play or it'll be completely busted and like potentially get people to quit legacy. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if it's better than him, like the play pattern I'm imagining is that like you draw, like you're in the, in the mid game or you're top decking you're and then you draw, you draw mind twist and shred your opponent's hand completely. And now, now you're winning because you have your opponent has no cards and you have, and you have cards. Um, yeah. Like, that seems... I don't, I don't know if that's a pattern that I want to see back in Legacy. Um, Frantic Search... card's just dangerous, right? Like, it's another thing where if it's good, like, it's gonna be busted. Right, like Storm. Storm could have a field day with that. Oh my god. Or it, yeah. you know, maybe re, even Reanimator might want it. Um, it, it could bring, like, Blue-Black Reanimator back, which, I mean, I don't think if... If it brings back blue black reanimator, that would be pretty sweet. I mean, be an interesting build to get up to the three mana for it. Right, but yeah, I guess they're. I guess they're already. Um, I guess the going, faithless looting. The for... three mana is already just gravy. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, they do. They can get up to it because they play show and tell. Um, but ah, oh, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. It, it it is interesting play pattern. I, I think those two are definitely the the ones on the list that are borderline on the fence. Uh, my personal choice is Earthcraft. I think it's embarrassing that Earthcraft is still on the reserve list on the ban uh, list. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna reveal myself as a legacy noob. Which one? What is my- Earthcraft? <laughs> uh, Earthcraft. Oh man, you don't know the wonders of infinite squirrel tokens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Earthcraft is this great enchantment uh, from uh, I think I think it was like Urza uh, Tempest. It was from Tempest. Uh, tap an untapped creature you control to untap target basic land, okay. and it's one in a green. Okay. <laughs> uh, one of the reasons why it was banned is because back in the day. Uh, there was a card called Squirrel's Nest. Uh, I want to say it was from Odyssey uh, Block. Uh, <laughs> I like how I'm Googling. It's just giving me pictures of actual squirrel's <laughs> nests. <laughs> Let's add MTG. <laughs> squirrel's Nest is one green green for an enchantment. Enchant target land. Enchanted land has tap. Put a 1-1 one, one green squirrel creature token into play onto, into the battlefield. <laughs> So you put Squirrel's Nest on a land, you tap the land to make a squirrel, tap the squirrel with Earthcraft to untap that land, and then rinse and repeat until you have infinite I tap see. squirrels. So is, um, how much is Earth is Earthcraft? It, that's the thing is they curve into each other. So Earthcraft costs one and a green, Squirrel's Nest costs Oof. one green green. But keep in mind, this was a busted combo a, almost a decade before Abrupt Decay was printed. 
like the answers you had for these combos, like enchantments used to be much harder to deal with than they are now. Like now we have a lot of options to deal with it between abrupt decays, council's judgments, um, you know, wear tear, disenchant. Um, we've gotten a lot of answers to it. Even things like pithing needle, like pithing needle didn't exist when this combo existed. Um, so, I mean, I, I just personally think we have plenty of answers. I don't even think this combo would see play anymore. That's how right. bad I yeah, think that is dicey it. that not you're going to be beholden to playing basics. Um, yeah, that too. It's only on a basic land, so it can't even be like abused in other ways, like with uh, Gaia's Cradle or yeah, anything like that. I don't, that. I don't envy. I mean, I, I can never work in R and D or be the folks who ban or unban cards because, like, how do you decide this is safe? You spend all this time just trying to break break this combo, and then you think, okay, well, we tried some amount of time, we couldn't break it, and then the internet breaks us, and it's like, ah, you, you dumbasses, <laughs> yeah, like how did you miss this? Twenty four seconds. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, what is it? Fel- the Felnir cat slipped through. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, they missed that. I remember someone in R&D, we were testing Splinter Twin for Standard, and he just walked by and he's like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Our bad. Oh, man. <laughs> Jeez. Um... Jose Alves wants to know, what's the deck you least wanted to face? Storm. Oh, my goodness. Really? Not I lands. do not. I, uh, it's close. Storm, I literally have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I, I, I said earlier in the, ca- in the cast, like, sometimes I can probe them and then not know how to proceed from there. <laughs> like, when do I leave mana up? What do I counter? Like, yeah. And, and sometimes, like, so many times against that deck, I, like, I tap out. Or, like, I tap out and I'm just dead because I should have left up Spell Pierce or something. Or I or I leave up mana and then I just give them too many turns. That For me, that deck is so hard to play against. It, it also doesn't help that um, it's hard to go back on my replays on Magical Line for that because Cabal Therapy breaks replays. So any game where I play Cabal Therapy, I can't look back on. <laughs> so... <Yeah. laughs> So that that one's really where, like, if I really wanted to learn how to beat this matchup, which you're not the first person to tell me that Storm is uh, supposed to be favorable for Grixis Delver, I would really just need to get someone to sit down with me and, like, a good Storm player and say, okay, these are all the things I'm scared of. These are all the things you want to be trying to do. True. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt that exact same way with Dredge when I was first learning the format, like, no matter what deck I was playing, like if I was, I could be playing a deck with like four main deck rest in peace, and I would still be scared of dredge because I'm like, I just don't know what they do. They do things, and and then I lose. <laughs> like you just hope your turn one or turn two rest in peace is going to be good, right? And then they like chain of vapor, and it's like, oh fuck, oh fuck, you're like uh, nature's claimant. <laughs> like, uh, what do I have to do? I lose. <laughs> yeah, this is how I lose. Uh, Brian Isaac, what's your opinion on people that play tier two and tier three decks? Are you excited to see something other than the standard tier one builds, uh, or are they wastes of your time? Wow. Harsh, Brian. No, um, that, you know, that's the challenge of legacy. There's so many, there's so many good decks. Um, so many tier two and tier three decks that people, if people have been playing them for a long time and they know they're an expert. They're going to get someone, you know, the quote, the, you know, the aforementioned, uh, 
legacy newbie or like the, the peach cute grinder just picks up legacy where he's like okay i kind of know how to play fair magic but i don't know what to counter against say you know um like say nick fit combo like what if you counter the wrong thing and then you you get comboed out by by the enchantments or um or even even just storm where like if they counter the wrong stuff um so i legacy's great where if if you're going to play like you get a lot of value by playing your deck very well and you're going to be people who don't know what you're doing and then you also um I think you also get a lot of value from being adaptable enough and being familiar enough with all the things you can do in the format um, if you're like if you're playing a tier one deck like you know I'm, I'm not gonna there's no value in being huffy puffy or like you know getting upset about you know ah, I lost to you know you know I lost to Belcher that's such bullshit it's like well I mean they're like, yeah, it's a little coin flippy, but there's things you can do better against it. There are things you can do better against every deck, and your opponent played well enough to beat you, so you know that's magic. Yeah, it's true. You have to be prepared for everything. That's especially legacy in the early rounds, the wild, wild west. You never yeah, know. Ma- what you're yeah, maybe face. it's not being prepared. Like, like the criticism of modern is that like you, you literally can't prepare against everything, and you're going to lose to whatever degen deck. Um, you don't have sideboard cards for. I think in legacy. Instead, you have to be adaptable. Like, you still only have a 15-card sideboard, but particularly if you're playing a deck with, like, Ponder and Brainstorm, where you have a lot of options and there's a lot of things you can do, it 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 behooves you. Like, like if, if you're very good at being adaptable to anything, then you're going you're gonna to be... you're going to be good in Legacy, no matter what you play against. Yeah, for sure. Um, run light, so I'm gonna have to start skipping over some. Sorry, I'll, guys. I'll get back to the ones um, on Facebook but... that we don't answer. Yeah, yeah, he's he's in there, so happy to answer stuff for you. Um, Dominic wants to know what's the worst card you've ever tried. Uh, I, I, so Jordan Isaka, when I started playing the deck, I messaged him like questions about the deck. I sent him the list. I sent him, he's like, well, this is weird. I had like two main deck snapcaster mages i don't know where i got i don't know where i copied this deck from snapcaster mage that card was bad in delver um what else that that i think that had to be the, the worst one like it had it had snapcaster instead of young pyromancer i was like what in the world i had some other weird ones in it before i had bitter blossom it was good against like miracles sometimes like if they ee it, then it's like, well, fuck. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, Andrew has a good one. In your opinion, what's the worst deck in Legacy? What is the worst deck in Legacy? Oh my! <laughs> no, don't worry about I, hurt feelings. <laughs> online, I played against. What was this combo? It was some bad. I'm gonna look back on my Facebook because I, I took a screen cap of it. Um, it was some kind of weird, in- <sighs> some combo, it wasn't Rector, but it had, it had, I think it even had like main deck carpet of flowers. It was some kind of weird combo, but I remember thinking about it, like, man, I-, I posted it because I, I won like off of, uh, Deathrite Shamans getting wasted out and him having like three carpet of flowers that didn't do anything. But afterwards I looked back, 
um, or I, I asked about it, and someone was like, is this a real deck? And I was like, well, I don't know, it beat me in game one. And everyone was like, this is not a real deck. I'm, I'm going to have to look back and post a screen cap of what the fuck was going on <laughs> on this one, but that was the worst deck I've ever played in Legacy. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. Uh, and final question here. Dougal, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing this Dougal. Uh, maybe it's Dougal. Uh, how much of an impact did having a strong eternal scene in your home city have on your success? Huge. Absolutely huge. Um, I think I think there's two things. Um, just having a community of experts that you can um, that you get to play with and uh, ask all ask all the stupid questions you have. Like Jordan Isaka has answered so many of my stupid questions, <laughs> um, and then people willing to you know people that are friendly enough that you know after games you know you'll go over sideboarding and reveal like what the plans are. Um, so yeah, the community is great in that way. And the other thing is having like having a good weekly legacy that fires, um, that fires consistently. Um, I, I think in like if you prepare a lot on legacy, if you pr- prepare for legacy online, they're they're playing in paper is going to be different. Like you don't sh- like you have to shuffle your own deck. And like if you're thinking about like what you pondered or like what you're brainstorming, and there's all these things you have to keep track of in your head when you play in paper there's this context switch where you have to shuffle your deck or manipulate cards or look through your opponent's graveyard and stuff and so so having a good tournament to literally practice paper magic uh every week was huge for for learning the format yeah great place to uh to leave off on and i think uh that kind of leads into our next uh part so we don't we don't do uh, scoops here. We're we're special snowflakes, and we do. Uh, I'm sorry, we don't do. Yeah, we uh, we do scoops in the top eight instead of shout outs. Shout outs, okay. Uh, so anyone uh, you want to thank or anything you want to bring attention to? Um, you're like plugging. Do you have like a Twitch stream or anything like that? No, no, I don't stream. Um, yeah, I, I if I could, I would love to scoop everyone who grinds Card Kingdom and Mox Boarding Houses weekly legacy tournaments in, into top eights. They're it, you know, they, I'll say again. They they answered all my all my stupid questions. I'm just you know, try try hard PTQ grinder. <laughs> you know, they, they they were all, you know, they they welcomed so, they welcomed me. They answered all my my stupid questions. <coughs> and, so when we were talking about your uh, your your father showing up for your baseball game, uh, Jordan also I hear filled that role. I was told that uh, when Jordan found out you're in top eight, he sprinted <laughs> up the escalators of the convention center, just like arms windmailing, like so excited to get there as quickly as possible to see you oh, play. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I, I look. I, yeah, I look back yeah. on, on the coverage. I see him. Yeah, I remember seeing him. You know. Right behind me, applauding. Uh, so that was cool. It, it was really cool. At, at the end, we're like, like there was a crowd. They were, you know, they they're they're rooting for me. I I mean, I mean, I don't know if they're rooting for me or or against Dazani, but it, it it was pretty cool. I, I I'm used to tournaments like PTQ finals where it's like you win and like everyone's gone home and no, but like there are a bunch. Yes, there are a bunch of people that either <laughs> either, like three, three other either they waited to go to dinner or like they came they came back from their dinner to you know watch the final. So, so yeah, that was 
Yeah, that was special. Uh, that is sweet. Well, I just want to scoop uh, you on. Thanks for so much for just taking the time coming on and talking to everyone. You know, I feel I learned a lot from this episode. I hope our listeners got a lot out of it. But, you know, I, I feel uh, you have a lot of knowledge to pass on. The Grand Prix weekend was such a wild ride. You know, it, it was a tournament of a lifetime. Um, but thanks for letting me, thanks for bringing me on. Let me talk about it more. Of course, <laughs> of course. Um, so you're in the Leaving a Legacy Facebook page, so people can reach you there. Do you have, like, Twitter or anything like that? What's the preferred way for people? Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm on Twitter. Um, I am at 4OutThe40. Uh, spell it all out. Um, it's another uh, marching band or drum corps reference for, <laughs> for the weird crossover I, of the two nerdy activities. I know Brent was uh, satisfied with our drum corps talk. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's super cool. Uh, always cool to learn about people's backstories and how their real lives play in with magic. Yeah, and and, and that's also me on um on Magic Online. So, so if we play, you know, we can talk. Please don't be a dick to me. Um, <laughs> don't make me send your screenshots to the salt mine. <laughs> yeah, now, now that now that you've put a voice to the username, you know, don't <laughs> please please yeah. be nice. Please be gentle. humanize you a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> uh apparently so i was uh i was hanging out with uh some of the guys i don't know if you like uh if you know wilson from the brainstorm show but i guess there was a a very famous magic online salty troll who was at gp seattle that everyone was very excited to meet <laughs> um hmm, does he they'll, they'll they'll go they'll go on names but <laughs> it's just it's funny that it, does... we've gotten to the point where the trolls are famous <laughs> I see. D- d- does he stream a lot and play SCG tournaments? No, no, <laughs> not that oh. one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I've said too much. I've said too much. Right. Uh, and then uh, you guys can follow uh, Pat at at Pat Uglo E U G L O Uglo, and I'm at Jme Three R D. Uh, before we go, Daniel, we have a tradition. Uh, we like to read a joke at the end of each episode. Um, okay. We have a list of them that our our uh, fans have contributed to uh, the cause. Do you have a uh, 20-sided dice you could roll? Uh, no, but I'm at my computer. So ah, random number generate. Rando here. Whew, we rolled a 20. Rolled a 20. All right. Let's count off here. One, two, three... We got Bob Champy's joke. <laughs> oh boy. Why didn't the why didn't the lifeguard save the hippie? I don't know why didn't the lifeguard save the hippie. He was too far out, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bob. <laughs> There's a high density of dad jokes in here. I, I, I should have warned I'm gonna, you. <laughs> I, I'm going to start listening to the podcast, but I'm going to start at the end. <laughs> just just fast forward to the joke. Oh man, that was. Uh, you, sh- you should check it up. Uh, uh, check out the page; it's on there. It's the pin post if you're looking for some spoilers. <laughs> and if, if for the love of God, if you have a good joke, put it on there. <laughs> oh man, that was nice. That that one was nice. Uh, awesome, sweet. Well, uh, hopefully Pat will be back with us next week. Kind of some sorry, unfortunate circumstances. Him. Yeah, I know he was he was bummed. He wanted to look for it. I'm pretty sure he got home and passed out. He was at some work thing in New York uh, all day. And y'all are in Massachusetts. Yeah, we're in Boston. So Jesus, that's a yeah. It's like a four and a half hour drive. So I'm I'm guessing he's asleep right now. Goodness. <laughs> 
But, uh, I mean, you just got to win the next GP so you can come back on and meet him. There's uh, some, uh, <laughs> some yes, encouragement. If I win you. another Grand Prix, please consider having me on. <laughs> <laughs> of course. We'd love to have you on, man. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks. And uh, we'll we'll check all the guests next week. Now I dare to 